Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done it again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He says the chance to get through. Bonton Pelly! Simply the bot! Sends it to Gord. A Friday night doubleheader in this stacked round 15. We are at Marvel Stadium for the early start where the Bulldogs are charged with keeping the eight in reach against the Hawks, who we know will make you earn it. And they would dearly love to take another scalp. And then the late start is in the West. The Eagles and the Bombers grab their share of the limelight. AFL Nation this Friday night. It starts with the Bulldogs and the Hawks under the roof at Marvel. Jared Waitley with you. Anthony Hudson is with me. Hello, hello. Hello, Jared, and good evening, everyone. I'm, yes, I'm just wondering how many people come to this game tonight know that it starts at 7 o'clock. Are we going to see people arriving going, hang on, it's midway through the first quarter? <laughs> a bit in, um, an enviable for the Bulldogs tonight. I think it's one of those games they just have to win, and it'll be a debate with our experts about what they got out of last week. And I know they got, it was in a high-scoring game, but the thing that impressed me the most was Bont and Norton look renewed. They look fitter than they'd been in the first half of the year. And if I'm a Bulldogs fan, that's enough for me to get out of last week. So you want to see a bit more of that tonight, and then others come on board. Jared Healy, good evening. Good evening, Jared. What I got out of last week, Hutto, was uh, just... I thought the coach coached magnificently. Himmelberg was the big threat to them, and he set up Waitman as the deepest forward, and it seemed to uh, baffle them to some degree. Waitman put in his best game, dislocated his shoulder just to add even greater weighting to that performance, and he's backing up. And to answer your first question, the car park is chock-a-block. It is fuller at this stage than any other Friday night game. So there's something else on over the road here, or everybody (laughs) is getting here early. That's good. It'll be a good experiment, won't it, to see what... I mean, seven's earlier than we would have regularly, but be interesting A little bit concerned uh, about my car spot on the way out. I'm jammed back <laughs> in behind about four different angles. So normally you can get here early and get... Uh, you, you basically sit in the freeway and get straight out. Two things that media are obsessed about. Food, uh, car parks and food. <laughs> and, when we, and when there's cricket on, 
what day the test is going to end so we can go and play golf or get home. Dermot Burton completes our foursome tonight. I did see Dermot walking with a Hawthorne jumper. I thought, I know Lauren Jackson has really <laughs> lifted the bar this week, but Dermot, that's ridiculous. Hello to you. Good evening, gentlemen. They are not that desperate yet. <laughs> uh, no, just uh, doing something for a, uh, a kid along the line, so we'll get that signed. Uh, funny enough, uh, you know, it used to be the key forwards that the, all the kids wanted a, yep. a jumper signed by. No, this young man wants it signed by CJ. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Well, I don't so, blame him. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lad can play, can't he? Um, yeah, it was great to see some, some of the... As uh, long as he doesn't just sign it, CJ. He, we need, he needs the full Probably mark. does have to, doesn't he? <laughs> That's just what we know him as. Uh, I'm with you, Jared. Getting a spot in the car park... He, he was... And look, I haven't really chosen a city car. I've got one of those dirty big Dodge Rams. It, I've seen it, was, it. It's rather difficult to park well, there. Well, you needed there. to find a spot for two. <laughs> Double park there. But I, I actually am really looking forward to this. I mean, the, the dogs have been in pretty good form, and they, because of our, our eye has been cast elsewhere uh, over the competition and, and certain teams, will Melbourne come back? How good are, uh, are Fremantle and the locks? The dogs have snuck under the radar. They've lost one out of the last five, I think it is. And that was because of the, they coughed up a fur ball in one quarter of footy. So they've actually been in really good form. But where their good form comes from, their game style, I mean, they've got so many good players and great areas, their ability has come back to move the ball away from stoppage. And Hawthorne have two very powerful tackling stoppage players in Connor Nash and... and uh, 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 Oh, gee, what's his name? Newcomb. <laughs> Newcomb, John yep. Newcomb, Duke Newcomb. So that will actually test them a little bit around the stoppage. So I do expect the doggies to win, but I reckon there's going to have their moments where the dogs say, let's, how do we counteract this? How do we step around this problem? So it's going to be a wonderful test for them. We'll be shoveling dirt in if the dogs do happen to go under. I think you're probably right. Um, I saw them go under at Ballarat a few weeks ago. It was probably six weeks ago against Adelaide. Turned oh. it into the biggest scrap of all time. So it can be done. And Hawthorne are that sort of side that can turn it into a scrap. If they can rebound off that back line and if Mitch Lewis can kick six goals, then get the shovels out. Hmm. They've just got to... They had these two games that they had to win, the Giants and the Hawks, and then they'll see how they measure up mm. against the teams. They play all the teams above them, which is a horror draw, but it's also the best way to pick through I'm if not, you are good enough. I'm not giving up on... I know you're not either, Jeff. No, I'm not I'm giving up on them yet. The Isn't it amazing, though, what two hours of footy can do to a season? I thought yeah. if Brisbane last night oh. poleaxed Melbourne, then the whole thing is open... But Melbourne poleaxed Brisbane, and we're back to shutdown time. It's Melbourne's to lose. It was probably always going to be. You did it without Max. Everybody got back. And I think you can put uh, the past down to just a good old, the past three weeks, down to a good old-fashioned uh, premiership hangover, doing it, that you went through every second or third year of your career. Yeah, we, we looked at that last night. I still... And I'm looking for the glass half full for Brisbane because they were disappointing to me. We, we, want a, we want a natural challenger, don't we? And they sort of lost that mantle last night. They went in with too many out, though. I don't think they can afford to have three or four out. Yeah, Melbourne but, can. That's one of their great yeah, assets. But at halftime, I was looking at it, and, and Melbourne had banged on a couple in the second quarter. Well, a couple, a few. Brisbane had their chances. They had, and, and when I say had their chances, not just went inside forward 50. They had hands on the footy inside forward 50 and couldn't nail it. 
could not put the goals on the board. Whether it was inaccurate kicking in the first quarter, which Melbourne did also, or whether the handball, the run past handball in the goal square that came unstuck, a, a, a knowledgeable, natural forward makes that a goal every time. You have to nail those. And against an opposition, they gave them 10% chance to stop that goal and they took it and stopped it. So those types of things, had they been able to, and I know it's a, they're all ifs and had, had they been able to, had they been closer at halftime, had they had a sniff of we're alive, we really are alive, who, who knows what happens. But in the end, I thought Viney's second quarter, from halfway through the second quarter mm-hmm. to the heat period of, oh, the, yeah. of the game, I thought that's the best game I've seen him. Not re-emerge, but, but lift his head up and say, hey, I, I know we're all looking at Clary Oliver and we're looking at yep. Christian Petrarca, but hey, don't forget me. He was superb. It's a big game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, superb. And I reckon we've seen enough of Brisbane right now against Melbourne to know that unless they do something extraordinary, they can't beat them at the moment. They've got to find another method. They've got to have, they've got to have that one day on when Melbourne have a one day off. They wouldn't want to play them twice in the finals. They'd want to just get them once, I yeah. reckon, because their midfield, like quarter time, what do you do? Um, Lockie Neal's really separating the two teams. You put arms on him, pull him back to an average player, and. They've got no. They didn't have any other real sort of. Uh... Well, especially when Lyons got the big knee to the to yeah. the ribs, he lost his ability there for a few minutes. Came and back Zorko on. Saw but... Bailey are big outs. Big outs. Yeah. And Chris Fagan was very defensive when asked about. Oh, do you not have enough if Neil gets covered? He was. I know that's not true, but on evidence last night, particularly in the absence of those two, their, their midfield can't really compete against. I oh, just go back to Melbourne. that final in Brisbane. What was it? A couple of years ago, where. Melbourne, Brisbane were flying, and it might, it might not have been a final. It was a game that were, uh, might have been a Friday night game, and, and Petrarca and Oliver just put on the afterburners after half time and decimated them. I've got a feeling that was a Thursday night game, one of those late season. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was a giant it, stadium of all places. That's right. Was it? it was okay. weird. It was yeah. weirdish, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. ever since then, I've thought to myself, that midfield has got Mel, uh, Brisbane's midfield covered, and they need to, you know, McCluggage is going to have to have his best game. Neil's going to have to have his best game. I think Lyon and Neil in the same midfield is a bit of a problem. And I think they've sort of, you know, had one in the forward line and one. And I, I think this is a great option and a great opportunity for Chris Fagan to basically, he's got eight weeks now to come up with another method. Well, it's probably better to have that happen now, yeah. wasn't it? So that, because he's kind of been... He's put on the table about their tough, toughish draw, a lot of travel, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff through the last month. Well, and I know they haven't played at the MCG, and that's that's a real thing to experience. But there was no excuses for injury aside. There was no excuses for the depth of their poor performance that last midfield, night. Midfield, though, I mean, we, we take it as uh, for granted that that Lockie Neal is a bona fide match-winning A-grade midfielder. Mm-hmm. They've got other midfielders who you'd say sneak into the A-grade category, but they're not match winners, are they? So if you lock... So you're talking McCluggage and... Yeah. Is he an A-grader? Nearly. I think his form, form this year has been, but he, he wasn't last night. It wasn't his best game last night. Barry on the wing You've got to measure them against really the best. Good. You've got to measure yeah. him against the other three best teams. Uh, is he a match... I th- match I, winning A-grader? I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a formula of the collective as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he was in the Melbourne's midfield... He'd be the match winner, but he's he's they're they're three or four more they bat three or four deeper than Brisbane, and if you got one or two out, 
then it's much easier to control and expose than it is if you've got this army of midfielders that can go through there. You look at football maker. Zorko gives you that. Well, he does. He's been playing. They've sort of pushed him back into the middle because... You know, the half-back flank was a reasonable experiment. Yeah. I think it probably is going to work to a, to a degree. But if you're going to bat their midfield against yours, you probably need Zorko in there. But if you, if you look at the great teams, you, you try and work out who's going to stand up at the end of their career. And we look back at it and go, that body of work, they are an out-and-out champion. I, I'm looking at Brisbane right now. If it, well, McCluggage is on that journey. He's only early in it. He's a wingman I, I know, inside I know, but Melbourne game. are already there. Yes, yeah. They've got two boys who, if they finish now, we're, we're going to say they are champions of the game. And I, I in, just in their again, starting four. Just looked again yeah. this morning. Clayton Oliver's only 24. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's three That's enough. not fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. a, he's an exceptional talent. And I think Viney's been – he's been a bit off, but there was a game over in the West a couple of years ago yeah. where he put in one of the best midfield games I've ever seen and he just led them to victory. And he did a bit of that last night. That was back to A-grade Viney. Injury stopped him from being did, the, yeah, the player that he, that he could have been. I mean, probably the most significant thing out of last night, apart from all of that, was, was the form of, of Jackson in terms of not just for Melbourne with Gorn out, but in terms of the bigger picture about his future as well. It's too. been a big week for Jackson's all around, isn't it? <laughs> Old and young. What did you think of Luke? Oh, I thought his ability to work around the ground is fantastic. We, we know that he's a different style Ruckman to, to Maxi. Maxi changes the direction in which you play because he gets down the line and you see something that's standing there in a, in a Melbourne jumper that's seven foot. You, you start to look elsewhere and that forces you to take risks. Jackson doesn't do that. What he does do, and I was actually showing a young man how to play as a follower last night with the TV, and just to watch him in isolation, contest... Hit the ground, scamper. His first half a dozen paces are scamper in the direction of the footy, and that's why he gets so much follow-up footy. 20 possession, what do you get, 20, yeah, 21, 21 or something? something yeah. yeah, it's a big it's a big get for a bloke on ball. Rather than somebody stands down the line and marks it, Max, it does brilliantly, but totally different type of And I think he gives a lie, like a few have over the journey, to this notion that you have to wait years for big men. Now, you do for some big men, but if you've got genuine athletes like him and Nat Nui... Um, English, probably. English is coming along. He's probably taken... He probably is an example of the, the ladder, but he's certainly coming now. His ruck work is the ladder, but his well, actual yeah, other I, stuff... I've heard his ruck work has been criticised to a degree, but it's not as bad as people suggest. I'm a big fan of Tim English's, but uh, nevertheless, you get the right one, and this kid's an athlete. I mean, he's, re- he's ready to go. Max Gorn wasn't there. He'd be first ruck and... He'd be in the best five most games. Will he end up a ruckman who can push forward or the reverse is what, what he's been asked to do now when Gorn is in the I think team? he's such a great asset as a midfielder, Dermot. He's, he's, he's more a midfielder that plays in the ruck rather than a ruck that plays midfield. Like Coxie, although yeah. Coxie was quite... Melbourne, when they recruited him, I remember a few of them saying, oh, we think he can play in the midfield yeah. with Max Gorn yeah, potentially. Yeah. Well, so, he can, and he did that a uh, couple of times last year. Yeah, so it's... But when of, you consider, go back to that grand final last year in the, th- you know, the infamous third quarter. Yeah. I mean, he tapped the ball, Oliver got it. He ran past Oliver, probably should have received the handball back. That's how athletic he is. That's that scamper. Yeah, that's the scamper. Just follows, yeah. yeah. So he's, a, he's an amazing unit. I've got no doubt he'll stay with Melbourne, and uh, it's going to be very exciting to see. You his... think no doubt he'll stay? I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, why would, yeah, you, go, why would you leave Melbourne? Brayshaw's the other one. He's, you know, he's been probably given pretty of offers, and he's out of contract. But 
doesn't look like they're going to me. I mean, you know, if it's a matter of money, Jared, I, I would say stay because you'll you'll make it at the back end. You'll actually reap the rewards financially at the back end if you're part of an all-time dynasty. Yeah, and I think that's uh, where they're heading at the moment. I mean, they may not win this year, but uh, there's 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 they might a too. number of premierships in this group yeah. ahead. I was at the Melbourne function last night um, for a little while, and not the club officials, but the supporters. You could sense a little bit of nervousness. Yeah, yeah they were. And, and yep. in the first quarter. As well, oh, we're just going back to being with a number of Melbourne supporters. It's funny to hear the Melbourne supporters talk about it. I was listening to Gaz talking about it yesterday in the morning on the radio, and he was talking about, oh no, I've been told, you know, they're comfortable. He hasn't signed, but he's comfortable with the money. He's comfortable. Sign. (laughs) What's the delay? So it is kind of funny to hear all these staunch Melbourne people talk about it. There's just a f- – and it's, it, it is quite funny to watch. This is just fleeting little moments of, do I really believe what I'm hearing? <laughs> the other thing they did was go smaller, wasn't it? So, yeah, which... and I think that helped. You know, the extra pace in the forward line really helped. I think Wiedemann, you know, he didn't dominate or anything, but I, I just think they've got to back him in. And he was competitive, could have kicked a goal. Uh, but I loved his pick up and uh, deliver on the left on the half forward flank in front of the members. It just it, there's a there's a really good player there. I think they've just got to persist as long as he's going to persist. So if they're all fit, up and firing, you're playing Wiedemann ahead of McDonald. Probably not, and that's his that's his problem. But I don't think McDonald's. I think he's more unlikely to play this season than likely. I interviewed him last night, and he said the plan is to come back probably the first week of the finals. Yeah. So yes. that's. It's a hard get, man. That's a, that's a hard call. Back. Particularly yeah. if the bloke, you've got to displace somebody. And if Wiedemann makes it his own between now and then. But is there a place? I mean, if they play the structure they played last night, Gorn comes back. Yeah. So they could stay with a smaller for Bedford. Gave them a bit. He so. did. Yep. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a pretty handy. I mean, this is one of the things that separates them and Brisbane. They, Brisbane haven't got anywhere near the depth that Melbourne have got. And, you know, I was watching last night. And I've always wondered where Brisbane sit in the pecking order for the Premiership because I've seen sides like Fremantle and Carlton play better football than I've seen Brisbane play this year. And Carlton won't get there unless they get their back line back together, but Fremantle could be the number one challenger. That's why tomorrow's such an interesting mm. game, even though Carlton are pretty pretty average down back. Could there I'll, be I'll throw a, a curveball at you. Could, just before, could, you could there anything? be a bit of Geelong about Brisbane? Like, Could they get all the advantages of playing at home and... They have to get top two for this to come through. Mm. And they don't have to get to the MCG until the last day and then... Oh, well, it could happen, for sure. But they've got to get back, back to playing better footy. I mean, they've, they've lost to Hawthorne and uh, who else in the last... Hawthorne and Freeman on the last four weeks. They've won two, lost to them. And their form has been OK. It hasn't been brilliant, no. though. So, so that curveball, so you talk about a different forward line, a functioning forward line. I, I'm telling you a forward line that... I am looking at now going, it's weird because there's a recycle in there almost at the head of the structure, but by God, they're dangerous. The Suns forward line has potency mm. everywhere. That is a forward line we're going to look at, and if they get supply, it almost doesn't matter how the ball comes in. Whereas last night you felt like for Brisbane, it has to come into advantage. The Suns don't need it to advantage. Levi never gets outmarked, yeah. otherwise he marks it. Chol needs to be marked in the air and kicks him off the deck. And the three small forwards, we didn't even see Rosas last week, the three small forwards, and I'm counting Holman in them, who's one of the best 
working mid-sized forwards, along with um, uh, uh, the, the other guys in there. Ainsworth. It, it, uh, yeah, well, Ainsworth, I've actually left him out. Yeah. Uh, it is seriously good and functioning beautifully. So that's a curveball. That's a forward line I'm seeing that if they get function, if, if they get um, supply, that will function beautifully no matter how the entrance comes into the forward line. Is McStay a worthy target for Collingwood or not? Well, I think he, he's, he is, yeah. I mean, McStay's a good player. He's um, What's he worth, though? Well, it's, he's worth what somebody's prepared to pay, but... I mean, if I was McStay, he's pretty happy up in Queensland, I would suspect. He, he looks like he's happy. He's uh, got a partner up there. He's got a couple of houses, according to Greg Swan. So it's going to take a bit of movement. There is his worth, and there is, is his worth what uh, it might be to another club. So you've got to work out what his worth is to Brisbane. And then I'd say as another club, you've seriously got to up that to dislodge him. And whether he wants to do that and whether that other team, and we're talking about Collingwood, yeah. whether they think this is the entree to a forward line which takes us to grand final day. And then you, then you start talking about what type of figure that is over the, the stretch of a contract. Nobody seems to do two or three contracts anymore. <laughs> when you go from a club to club, four seems to be the bare minimum. Mm. So if you're talking about a hundred and a dribble or whatever, you're talking half a million more than the player is worth just to get him to the club, and that would be absolute bottom line to dislodge him. You're almost having to pay so, overs over a contract somewhere between 500 and a million dollars of overs to get him to a club... Mm for the length of that contract. Are you doing that for McStay? I think he's a very good player. I don't think he's a champion. I don't think he's ever going to be a champion. I think he's a yeah, tremendous player. But if he is the reason why their forward line, the team he goes to, suddenly becomes the most potent forward line in the land, you're probably saying... Where do we find this five to seven hundred and fifty thousand from extra? But, yeah. yeah. So, but do you, you think he could be that player to vault a four? Like I don't see no. it. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. He's not going to be a four goal. His big game record player. is terrible. Yeah, there's a few in that book. Yeah. Um, but if you're if we're talking we're talking high end in your conversation, he's not to, that to get player. them there. But he's a function player. He's a bloke who will stand under the ball at 195 centimetres, big and powerful. He will take the hits that not many forwards do are willing to take, and he can take contested marks. Now, that's a function which not many players supply. If that's another... what you're missing, if that's what you're missing, do you pay it if you think if you believe? And that's where footy departments that there's a pull and tug and push and. I guarantee you, if it is Collingwood, which we believe it is, of course, um, there would be, if there's a five-man adjudication on this, do we or don't, it'll be a 3-2 as to whether they believe he's worth the overs or not. Isn't it interesting you get Levi Kasbah for zero? Yeah, and he's fantastic for He's, he's had a great year. Yeah. And there's a kid over in the West who, I'm not sure what they're going to do tomorrow, Griffin Logue, who I think is jumped up to be an amazingly good forward because he distributes by hand like few forwards that I've seen. I'm not sure how they're going to bring them in. They've brought in uh, Matt Taberner. Yep. They've got Lobb. 
Cox uh, is a forward turned into a backman who's not giving up his position. No, Cox is going to stay back. I mean, he's one of the better interceptors down there. I think he's. I think that's why they've got a great team. But the, the question is, Griffin Logue did a job on Cameron and he did a job on one of the other key forwards uh, as a defender. Well, he was going to do a job on May, wasn't he? But then May... That's right. But this is... I mean, it's come by, you know, stealth almost. They weren't anticipating this. They thought young Amos was going to come in and be their, their next gun. So it's almost happened by mistake. And, you know, I think, it, and was saying publicly, crying out for one of their key forwards, de- defenders, to go forward. And because I rate Cox, it was Griffin Logue, who I've nominated half a dozen times. And I was rapt to see it happen. And I just look at him, I think, he's unsigned. He's got an activist-type manager who's going to have him, uh, you know, in front of everybody. <laughs> Do you reckon that plays a, a role? Well, yes. Y- you're a yes? Absolutely, it does. Is this, does it come down to the, the player? Hey, look, I've got all these deals for her. I'm happy. Well, <laughs> Cut it off. <laughs> he's, he's another one that should look at what's ahead because... You know, there's only there's only three first premierships left if Tassie doesn't come in. There's the Dockers, there's the Suns, and there's the Giants. And the way they're tracking, they're in the mix over the next few years. Mm. Joel Jeffries out for the rest of the year. Um, when did that news come out? Yeah, just just came out. Yeah, it's lateral in, ligament tear, yeah. so he'll have that operated on. So he had, was the wild card. three players yeah. in two weeks for the rest of the they season, have, yeah. the Suns. So He's power. their wild card because, as I said, they've got their function players. I mean, the, 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 those players in that forward line do what they do and they supply that service and it works so beautifully. Joel Jeffries, wild card. He, he, he can... He's remarkably tall. I was down on the ground when I did go up to Darwin. I looked at him and thought, my God, you're a lot bigger than I thought you were. Yeah. Uh, I he... think Stuart Jew's only got to get through another two two weeks and he'll get re-signed, I reckon. Two I think he's going to get re-signed no matter what. But they're starting to run out of, of mm. uh, people. You know, I tip Port Adelaide tomorrow. I think that Port Adelaide had a good chance of uh, beating them at home. They've lost three running defenders. They're all pretty good players that uh, they've lost. In... Lock Weller. Yeah. Lockie Weller. Budrick and... Budrick's uh, short. He'll be okay. But and yeah. Powell. Yep. Yeah, I, went for, I went for the Suns. We're setting up for Friday night footy. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful, fuel-efficient diesel all-wheel drive models, are now in stock, ready to drive away. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. The first to go is at 7 o'clock local time. Hawthorne and the Bulldogs, they're going through their warm-ups at Marvel now and then in the west, it will be the Eagles and the Bombers. You'll get the best of it on AFL Nation. This is the pre-game show. The Beaumont Tiles huge sale is on right now. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. As selected, McNeil is the sub for the Bulldogs and Josh Morris is the sub for the Hawks. AFL Nation will be taking your feedback all weekend on the Southern Phone open line. Stay in touch with Southern Phone mobile plans. About this time last week, the Jordan Dugowie story was breaking and we've watched that last the entire seven days as the player himself spoke on the Collingwood website today. Jordan, I understand you wanted to talk. Yeah, I do. Uh, this week's obviously weighed pretty heavily on me and I thought I'd just wait until I've, I've got a clear mind to come out and apologise for my actions and my behaviours. Uh, I don't condone that behaviour at all and I've got a lot of work moving forward. What's your message to the footy community and to those at the club and the women at the club? 
Well, firstly, I do want to come out and say I definitely am sorry for that. Um, I've got a lot of important women in my life and I understand you need to show respect to women at all times. Um, I've got a, a responsibility to the wider community and I need to keep working towards that. And, you know, in terms of your work this year, did you want to touch on um, your first part of the season? Yeah, I do. Um, obviously, you've probably seen with the ADHD stuff which came out. First of all, I just want to say that's not an excuse for my behaviour at all. Uh, I just wanted to let people know that I was dealing with some stuff on the side um, throughout the first half of this year and also now. Uh, it's something I'm learning a lot about and, you know, I'm not a perfect person. I don't think I ever will be, but hopefully I can make some changes so these mistakes don't happen again. And, um, yeah, just on that, I would like to apologise once again. Jordan Degoe, who is on personal leave at Collingwood and won't play on Sunday. Jared, how have you seen the week play out? Well, it was a really difficult week, I think, uh, for Collingwood and for um, Degoe himself. Uh, I, I thought they had an opportunity to nail it, and I don't think the, uh, they did. I don't think the penalty fit the crime. Um, I don't think it's, imp- it's possible to be as... as I guess, uh, angry in some respects as their CEO was and so uh, forthright in uh, his statements and then come out with a suspended sentence. I know that's not the not the view everybody uh, believes, but I, I just thought they had to find a way to have a, a, a you know, penalty. He wasn't going to play this week. They could have suspended him for a week. They could have fined him 5000 bucks. That's as much. But a suspended sentence for, for 60 days only made no sense to me given uh, he's got a bit of a track record and uh, it was difficult because it divided the footy world in, in some respects. Dermot? Yeah, I, I'm slightly different, but the one thing I would... And there's no point going over it again, but one thing i say about today's mention of um, uh, where he sits now from Jordan is that there's a sign of growth there. There's a sign that that's the first time I think there's a true acknowledgement from Jordan that not just the specific issue which has landed him in hot water here, that he needs some growth personally, and that's the first acknowledgement of it. So well done to him. Congratulations. Um, Yeah, there's been aspects which I've rankled with this all through the week, and there's no point going over those. It's always when you actually see or hear the voice, that that human, something out, obviously there was a timeline with him being away and all that went on, but to actually personalise it so people actually get to see him, the person, I think makes a difference and it always does. Yeah, you have to understand, right now, this, 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 and, and this is not to dismiss or take away from the issues and the, the situation which Jordan's found himself in, but you have to understand here, there's a, this is a young lad, I don't think he's a, how to say this probably without offending him, I don't think he's a tremendously deep fellow. And this is about as deep as he's dug into himself to, to admit, I need to improve. So congratulations to that. But he's probably at the lowest ebb of his footballing journey right this very moment. And, and one of, I will say one of the aspects I've really rankled with is the amount of people who are displaying, displaying all these comments and attributing these comments about virtuous behaviour that just shouldn't. You just shouldn't. I mean, Jordan's at a low ebb and some of these people aren't all that virtuous themselves and, I'm, and I really rankle with that. What, what happens to him, do we think? Does he, do we do we think the fact that Craig McRae, uh, Craig McRae is a relatively fresh coach 
works in his favour in terms of staying at Collingwood. Ultimately, will he make the call, or will it be Graham Wright and the and the list? Group. So does it mean he's more likely to stay or more likely now to leave and look for a fresh start? I think he's more likely to stay. I, I never saw him leaving. Yep. Um, and I think Collingwood have gone overboard to embrace him. And I thought Craig McRae, and you know, speaking about just desperately getting back, I mean, there's all just positive there for Collingwood. I don't see them pushing him out at all. I mean, I don't see him making another blue over the next six weeks. Um, but... You know, there was, in my view, there's been a bit like Derm. There's been an overreaction by a lot of people, um, but I think Collingwood are a better side with him in it, and he's a he's going to have a better football career if he stays at Collingwood. I, I, I think Craig McRae, you get the chance, Jared, to see Craig a, a tremendous amount of time in 360. To me, he has the beautiful blend still of being a player's man. It's hard for a coach to be one of the playing group. He has to stand side on to him so he can give him a smack and it means something. And they, and they recoil away from him and go, whoa, I have to do better here. So you have to have that division. But underneath, you can see the cheekiness in Craig McRae. And you know that he understands this type and style of person. Doesn't agree with it, but he understands them. I think he's as good a person to have as the coach. And the main conduit, going back to the Collingwood Football Club, Jordan Degoe's presence goes through that coach. That's the main touch point for him. Mm. And I think that relationship is strong. And if Jordan, with, with his history now, if he goes somewhere else, he doesn't have that strong relationship with somebody who might understand him as well. I can see him staying. Look, I thought Daisy made a really good point uh, on your program. I was listening to her and, you know, there's a, a lot of us who came through uh, life as, as youngsters many, many years ago when there were no phones. And, uh, you know, behaviour that he displayed would have been laughed off and, 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 and I think even the woman was herself has defended him. So, you know, th- then there's other people who want to get offended on behalf of everybody else and if you're not offended, well, they want to criticise you for not being offended, which I find uh, amazing. I think uh, one of the journalists, uh, Susie O'Brien, was whacking everybody in the AFL for not coming out and castigating him. But the, the, but the underlying theme of Daisy's uh, chat to you reminded me of back in the old days of some beads, that if you're wearing the same beads blazer, you're representing us. And, you know, we're thinking to ourselves, well, no, we're jumping up the back of the train station and... Uh, Bad luck. We, we just want to get home. If we have to get the 307 instead of the 327, <laughs> we're catching the 307, whether we jump up the back of the tracks or not. And yet you'd get, you know, if you, a couple of boys were smoking well and someone, you're always part and parcel of that jumper that you're wearing or that blazer that you're wearing. And I think that's the point that I thought she enunciated better than just about anyone this week. Yep. Well said. Well said. Uh, our Friday night team, Dermot Burton and Jared Healy in place. It's the Bulldogs and the Hawks. It's barely 20 minutes away on AFL Nation. A sports news update for Rolled. Eat good with Rolled. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. Bendigo 19-year-old Dyson Daniels taken at pick number eight in the NBA draft by the New Orleans Pelicans. Basketball Australia Hall of Fame inductee Chris Anstey has told SEN Radio the teenager will be able to slot straight into the team. He's a combination guard. He's very athletic. 
defends really, really well. You know, he, he'll be able to step into an NBA environment and play immediately, just like Josh Giddy did. Aussie golfer Hannah Green is tied for sixth after round one of the Women's PGA Championship. She's one under par, seven strokes off the lead. US Open winner and compatriot Minji Lee is tied for 30th, one over par. And Matilda's goalkeeper Lydia Williams preparing to take to the field for Australia for the 100th time in Sunday morning's friendly against Spain. That's the latest in sport. I'm April Austin. Eat good with rolled. It's fast, fresh, Vietnamese. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. So just before we get to the preview, how, how do you read Jeff Walsh going back into North Melbourne to, well, it's a review without being fully declared as a review, isn't it? I think that's probably the only way you can look at it. Who appointed him is the question. Was it the CEO or the board? I think gut feel it's the board. Or the AFL, perhaps. Jared, you never have gut feels. You you get great information. <laughs> don't don't give us gut feel. Tell us what's going on inside the club <laughs> and what we need to do. So his his last piece of work was the Carlton review, yep. uh, which looks to have been instantly successful, but came with came with bloodshed, a little carnage. Yep, yep. How come they didn't get Pav as well and, and Jason on Zoom to help out? <laughs> well, they probably didn't want to go down the uh, let's have a review. No, like, uh, anything the, the to avoid did. the word. So yeah, they've very uh, clever this time. brought him in and he's going to take a whole look over uh, every department. Every department probably needs an outside perspective. And uh, he's a good appointment because he, he knows the place. He was part of the place for a long, long time. And uh, it's impossible to believe that there won't be change uh, before he leaves. Should the coach be nervous as well, do you think? How can everybody be nervous if you were at the dogs from um, at the roos? From the top down. The roos. Sorry, the roos, yeah. There's nothing wrong with a, a naive, non-romantic set of eyes casting, casting themselves over your club. Yeah, is, is this how it should look? Mm. Uh, and that's what anybody wanted. knows. Jeff knows, doesn't he? Yeah. He yeah. knows what it should look like and, and he'll be able to He's been at the downest of downs and he's been at the highest of highs when he was obviously at Collingwood reached premierships with, with that role there. But one of the problems we've got with the Kangaroos is no one knows how good their kids are because their kids have been exposed to football way too early yeah. with no support around them. Their, their senior players aren't holding up as they would hope they'd hold up. Um, they haven't left enough senior players in the bank to allow these kids to come through in a normal way. And some of the blokes who are, you know, five-year players like Taron Thomas, they haven't stepped up anywhere near to the level that they would hope. But That's a great call because too many people say, let's clear out the list cloggers. Thank God they got Levi Greenwood because with... Um Ben Cunnington being out, yep. you'd have nobody in there standing in the way Hugh, saying, Hugh, I'll take... What Hugh, did I say, Levi? Hugh, Hugh Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got to have somebody willing to stand stand in the, yep. in the entrance and take the heat. And he hasn't been playing as well as we'd hope he no. has. No, but, but you know he can bounce back yeah. emotionally and mentally from it because of his age and experience. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see CCC playing. It doesn't seem any sense not to be playing, given that you aren't winning games. Get him in there, make him work harder. He was in the ends, wasn't he, for the weekend? He was, he was in half a dozen of the inclusions, but the way the side looks, doesn't look like he's playing. But he needs to learn how to work. I mean, that kid's got heaps of talent, but he doesn't work anywhere near hard enough between possessions. He's a, he was a future selection. Yeah. They, they got him for post-Goldie. Where, yeah. where are we at with Clarko watch, do we think? Good question. 
I mean, it's impossible to know where Clarko's going or what he's going to do. I mean, we assume he's going to emerge again next year, but uh, there's no guarantee. Sounds like the Suns are going to re-sign their man. The Giants would be the obvious target yeah. uh, right now, but, you know, there may be a couple of others open up if uh, things with, don't go their way. I'm a bit with Jared. I think Essendon would want to win a couple more. I reckon that is a good fit. Wealthy club, strong backing. Uh, the basis of a reasonably good team there that could jump up within 18 months or so. You'd think the board members at a few clubs at least be thinking along those lines. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.